But what was fun, this particular question I'm going to deal with today has to do with how do we overcome patterns and behaviors that we're not happy with. The ones that we say we're free in Christ, we say we're free from sin, why do certain ones trip us up constantly over and over and over again? So instead of answering that question directly, I want to deal with the root of the problem, not the practical steps at this point, because I don't think I'll have time. There are practical steps, but if you only shoot for the practical steps, then those steps will become your savior. Do you understand the difference? We're going to begin today with the mindset that it has much to do with what you are thinking about. Do you realize that everything you think about matters? It really does. We're going to get that in just... Mind matters. Your mind matters. What you think about matters. It affects your body physically, folks. It affects your emotions. It affects your relationships. It affects your job. What you think about matters. In some senses, we tend to think in our Western world, if it happens quietly up here, it doesn't harm anybody. It doesn't affect anybody. Not true. The subtleties that flow out are scary. And there are some lies that we get caught into believing. Patterns of thinking that are not helpful. So we're going to talk about today. In one message, this used to be three messages, <laughs> um, three ma six abundant life raiders, things that raid our lives, our thinking, that stop us and hinder us from thinking the way we ought to be thinking. And then we look at two simple uh, actions that will prevent raiders from returning. We begin with this. You've seen this before many times. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And usually when you're in your despair or having a struggle or in your patterns and you're kicking yourself, why do you get caught in that pattern? You're not thinking abundantly. You're thinking, oh my goodness, I screwed up. I'm a failure. I'm no good to anybody. And all those lies can come in so quickly. Another translation says this, my purpose is to give life in all of its fullness. This one's my favorite. I came that so they can have real and eternal life more and better than they ever dreamed of. Living in a vicious cycle of negativity is not what you dreamed of. Everybody has better dreams than that. So let's take a look at what some of these are. In Romans 12, 2, it says this, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind. This is, I believe, one of the biggest issues among believers. And unbelievers, really. But for believers especially, we're called to be renewed by the transforming of our mind. That's where the battle takes place. That is where spiritual warfare takes place. That is the primary battleground in your mind. And it's so easy, and even today you might leave going, that was nice and wonderful, wow, and then, boom, the next subject comes up when you forget and realize your thoughts are critical all the time. They affect you. They affect your connections with people, how you react, your moods, negativity. Oh my goodness, we'll get into all that in a minute. It says in the New Living Translation, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Sometimes we send people to counseling so they can change the behaviors to become a better person. 
that shouldn't be the goal. The idea of counseling should be to change your mind so that behaviors change. Your mind is critical. We start with belief from the inside out. This is how Jesus transforms us, from the inside out. Are there are external behaviors that need to change at times? Yes, there are. And some of them need to change immediately to stop horrific patterns. But the base begins with the mind. And for some, you have to stop those external ones. And there are times where we need to take people through some steps to help them uh, cut them off from those really, really hindering patterns. Okay? It's not legalism. It's called help. Because the goal is to renew their mind into grace. So that then they are open to hearing a message of freedom and truth. So that their mind is renewed. So the patterns don't come back. And it takes time to see these patterns come to an end. I want to read from the Mirror Bible. It's really good. Do not allow current religious tradition to mold you into its pattern of reasoning. Like an inspired artist. I love that. Give attention to the detail of God's desire to find expression in you. That is a great verse. Wow. Become acquainted with perfection because perfection is in you. You have been made perfect. Do you always act perfect? No. You can call yourself a perfect person, but somebody out there is not going to understand. They go, you're weird. You're not perfect. I am perfect in Christ. I don't always act like who I am. But the perfection is there. Get acquainted with perfection. Know who you are. To accommodate yourself to the delight and good pleasure of Him will transform your thoughts afresh from within. This is good news. You want to stop some patterns in your, in your life? It's in your mind it begins. Not with creating a calendar, because I'm good at this. Creating a calendar, and here's how I'm going to schedule the new changes. <laughs> I remember coming to Lori every couple years or year and say, Oh, okay, I'm going to make some changes. <laughs> you know, well, I needed to. But anyway, you know, here are the changes I'm going to make. Oh, all proud. It lasts two weeks. <laughs> a good intent, right? In the mind it begins. And sometimes we try to make those changes apart from the Holy Spirit. I find this one really hard to believe because my intent is so good that I've tried so many times to make certain changes and patterns and disciplines that I've, I'm coming to a place where I'm realizing the Holy Spirit is in charge of inspiring my mind to make those changes. And if he uses charts, that's great. But I'm not to rely on the charts for the answers. It's not the calendar. It's not my, my, uh, my calendar reminding me. Here, don't forget to drink water like four times a day. Okay, there's the reminder. There's the reminder. Those can be helpful and are. But it's tuning my mind to Christ in those moments so that he can tell me what it is at that any given time that I need to do. He's bigger and smarter than I am and is able to give me greater wisdom than me trying to self-develop wisdom. It's powerful. Chinese proverb, be careful of your thoughts, for your thoughts inspire your words. Be careful of your words, for your words precede your actions. Be careful of your actions, for your actions become your habits. Ouch. Be careful of your habits, for your habits build your character. Be careful of your character, for your character decides your destiny. And some people come into a crisis in their lives because of behavioral problems, whether it's in a marriage, individual, whatever it is, and say, here's the problem. 
uh, you know what? That's not the problem. That's the outcome of that. Do you see how important this is? For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. For as he thinks within himself, so is he. From Proverbs. Wisdom. Your thinking matters. Okay, let's, let's deal with six. Last time we taught five, I'm gonna, I've added a fifth one. A sixth one. Pessimistic negative thinking is one of those things that will rob you of the abiding, abundant life. What's it look like? Always imagining the worst outcome. Always imagining the worst outcome. Anybody here like that? Don't put your hands up. <laughs> Seeing the worst in every circumstance most often. Really, really hard to find the positive in it. Yeah, well, we're going to be let down again. Oh, they're not really my friends. They'll give up in a few months. And, and on and on and on. And, and this crisis is going to happen. And, and the world's coming to an end. This is great for certain end times people that have certain bent. Just beautiful for them. Seeing the slightest imperfections. Only seeing the negative. Seeing the spot on the paper instead of the rest of the white. <laughs> Interesting. Consumed with worry. This is the biggest part of it. It's all about worry, worry, worry. In Hebrews 3.19 it says, They never got there because they never listened, never believed. This is the story of Israel. They could not go to the promised land because they chose, thinkingly, not to believe. It was a deliberate choice. What they were thinking mattered. They still tried to think they could achieve holiness and righteousness, even though God told them on the front end not to. Isn't it funny that God offered Israel to become a kingdom of priests? There was no intent at that time. At that offer, was not set up to be a priesthood of Levites and then the whole sacrificial system. And they said no. So he went to, entered into a covenant with them for that. And that covenant had ramifications like you wouldn't believe. And God stuck to that covenant, obligated to that covenant, which is why we see a lot of things happen in the Old Testament that we think, how could God do that? It was part of the covenant. He obligated himself to it. He's setting up history. He's setting up a story. And when the new covenant came, everything changed. Beautiful. Next one. Worry is an expression of faith in God's absence or lack of concern. Firstborn son of fear. You may be a person of great faith, but it could be great negative faith. Really. I think, uh, I think Lori's phrase is uh, very appropriate here. You know, rest assured. I've been hearing a lot, that a lot from her. You know, it's, it's, it's real. And we're, our family's not the only one going through different life stresses and stages. Each stage of life has different stresses, and we forget about some of the other ones we've gone through already. And then we don't know about the ones coming. Some of you are the ones coming and know what we're heading towards. And, oh my goodness, we'll encourage one another. Remind each other of the rest that we've been assured of. This is where you can become a body of Christ. Isaiah 41, 9-10 says this, For I have chosen you and will not throw you away. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. This is Old Covenant. This is Old Covenant. Look at the passion and truth in there. Do not be afraid. 
John 14, 27 says this, I'm leaving you with a gift, a peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. You're going to discover that all these six things, its root is fear. All these things that hinder an abundant, abiding life is fear as its root. Let's keep going. Intuitive psychic thinking. We've got some really smart people here. They just, they just, they have more knowledge than they knew because they think they know what people really mean when you come to an argument. Somehow this, this intuitive psychic thinking uh, can assume hidden motives. Like this, like they're God and can judge somebody so they meant that. I know they said that, but they meant this. You know, uh, I got that a lot growing up, and especially in the early years of pastoral ministry. Even now, sometimes it happens. You know, people misjudge, misunderstand, and you get the, like psychic thinking ahead, or, or I'm not going to argue with them because I know what they're going to say. They're going to say all this, and then I'm going to counter this, and then I'm going to counter that. So I've got it all figured out. Psychic thinking. Yikes, and therefore we, not, we don't go and reconcile things with people. We're afraid. If you've got problems with people, as believers, gently go get them fixed. Don't run up and hide, scurry around, maybe the problem will go away. Oh yeah, we're introverts mostly. No excuse. Truth is truth, regardless of your personality type. If you have problems, get them resolved. Seek to understand Seek to be understood, and you will have a very healthy discussion. Reading between the lines. They don't really mean what they're saying. Paranoia sinks in, intuitive thinking. First Samuel 18, 6. Oh my goodness, paranoia settled into King Saul. He, he sent the armies out, and David came back and said, Saul has killed his thousands, but David his ten thousands. Woo! Go Jays! You know, so that's kind of a thing that, that was going on. There was a cheering of the, of the winning that was going on because David was there. You caught that, eh? All right. <laughs> Saul got jealous. And from that time on, kept his eye on David. Remember, David was anointed to be king, as king. But he was not in the role, but he was king. Do you understand? Saul was still king for 40 years after he made a big mistake. Intuitive psychic thinking. Extremist self-absorbed thinking. Nobody here does that ever. I know that. <laughs> there are times we might. where It's all about us. Why aren't my needs being met? How come I don't get to do that? So-and-so got a chance to do that. Why don't I get a chance to do that? Um, and on and on. You just go crazy with, it's all about me, 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 me. Make sure I get my story said. It's crazy. Making a big deal out of everything because you want your voice heard. You blow everything out of proportion. Imagine events that are so far away from reality. One extreme to the next. Over-analysis, dissecting situations, over-preparing for responses. All this extreme self-absorbed. This is not an abiding way of thinking. Next. Oh, Proverbs 3, 5 to 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Do not depend on your own understanding. Have you ever been wrong? 
once. That's great. The more you recognize that you have been wrong in a situation, and I think for me, one of the best pitches of this is in my theology. As I continued to grow my theology, I thought I had, I came out of Bible college knowing everything. Because they, they told you, you knew everything. You were prepared to take on the world and build a church and all this stuff. And you had your theology all figured out because you took a class. Years later, you start to see, wait a minute. That's not the full story. There's more. My understanding now grows. In fact, some of the stuff was even wrong and led from the perspective of the teacher, but not Scripture. Interesting. And yet, most of it was good, but there's parts that weren't quite right. But I bought it all hook, line, and sinker. Now the Holy Spirit's unpacking even more and more. So my, instead of being so solid in my understanding, my hand's more open now. Say, Holy Spirit, you take in and, and take out and put in what I need to know, how I need to understand. It's up to you. It's a beautiful way to, to grow now. And it, this leads to open conversations with people. Because you're not trying to convince them they're wrong and you're right. You're seeking to understand and seeking to be understood. Self-depreciating thinking. This was a tough one. And I know people, they mean well, but wait to see what this is. Always putting yourself down. Oh, I'm no good. I can't do this. I, I just, I can't do anything well. Okay, Eeyore. You know, like, the, uh, but people say this stuff, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm no good at this. Uh, not being able to see accomplishments. Ah, oh, I've got nothing done over this last year. Oh, I can't do anything right. Minimizing a compliment. Oh my goodness, this one's a tough one. I know people gave me compliments years ago and um, hasn't happened since. But then at that point, <laughs> I, I was trying to figure out, <laughs> I'm kidding, um, but I didn't know how to receive. Yeah, no, no, that's, you know, it was actually that person, that, or, oh, it's because of this, and, and you kind of, you, you rob the person that just gave you the compliment, the joy of blessing you. The compliment is a blessing. We're not good at receiving that. Why? Because we don't see the perfection in us. We haven't become acquainted with it in us. We haven't become acquainted with the source. They make the compliment a joke or turn it back on the other person. Remedy for low self-esteem? Tell people who they are in Christ. This is a person who does not believe who they are in Christ. Yeah, but I know my identity. On paper you might know your identity. But has it gone from here to your heart so it becomes true? It's your message. Everything I've taught you for the last 12 years, almost 13... Is it my teaching, my message, or has it become yours? Has the Holy Spirit made it alive in you so it's yours? Not Mike's, not whole fellowships, but your own gospel that Christ has given you and the hope he's given you. This is really important. Next one, emotionally driven thinking. <laughs> Negative emotions, thoughts running on, our feelings is dangerous. We only live by feelings. And some people don't know the difference. Think because they feel it, it must be how they think. Folks, your emotions are real and a gift to you. But if not fully understood, they can become a curse. And if you live just from your emotions, you're going to be in trouble. Our emotions sometimes flow just from what we're thinking about. Actually, almost all the time. It flows from what we're thinking about. So if you're in a scary movie theater watching a, a scene, are you, are you in danger of the plane crashing into you? 
No, <laughs> it's on the screen. But your, your eyes, your, your emotions don't know the difference of reality. And sometimes that happens here. Some people who say, I'm just speaking my mind. It's how I feel. Those people need to shut up. <laughs> because how you feel may not be truth. Do you understand? Be cautious of using that terminology. It makes for more mature conversations when you do. Burn in the past, don't trust the future. Very emotional. Isaiah 43, 18-19 says, Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert. Rivers in the badlands. Good news is here. It has arrived. The kingdom has come. It's here now. It's good news. Next. Fantasy thinking, thinking. This is number six, the new one. Fantasy thinking. This one's brutal because when this was pointed out to me that this is, should be on the list, I went, oh my goodness, this is really real. It may be similar to some of the others, but it's not. It's its own category because thinking through all the ways a situation may end up negative and positive, and we dwell, it's about the dwelling on it. Of course, we're going to think through that stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. But we're consumed by, oh, how's this going to play out? Oh, no. And you, you really you analyze and overanalyze. Or dwelling on the negative and creating more and more outcomes. And then you almost hyperventilate yourself into a, being really scared now because you've thought through all these scenarios. Uh, dreaming up your own movie in your head of how it will all play out. Sometimes it happens right before you go to sleep. And you can't sleep because now you're worried and you're thinking through, oh, this is going to happen, oh no, my life's going to crash and burn. This happened to me a couple years ago uh, when I lived in Waterloo. I fantasy thought through the crash I was leading my family to. And I was scared it's probably one of the only times I, I was really afraid for my future, my family's future. And then Lori stepped in via the Holy Spirit and spoke to my heart. It reminded me, wait a minute, this is not acting like the stuff you teach? Oh, crap, thanks for telling me that. <laughs> but she was right. She spoke truth and was not afraid of my emotional response. She spoke it. Sometimes we're too afraid to speak the truth to one another because we think other people are so brittle. And we are. We are brittle. Some people can't handle the truth. Next one. Driving. Fantasy thinking. My favorite illustration. Somebody cuts you off really bad and they rip out in front of you and man, you're just steaming through. You. Well, if I could have done that. And you're fantasy thinking of what you'd like to do that person. Okay? Like, these, is that abiding? Is this abundant life thinking? No. About to sleep, fantasizing regrets. Oh, I wish I could have done this. What, what if I would have gone to that school? What if I would have taken that job? Now, and you, you start to fantasize all these scenarios that have never happened, never will, or have happened, and there's nothing you can do about them. You're not called to live in the past like this. And to know the future because you're not God. Fear and worry are at the root of all six of these. And that's amazing. So, what do we do? I want to give you two actions, two things you can do to begin that will help you not let these six interfere. Are they going to interfere? Yes. 
But they don't have to last as long. And the more you practice this, they have less and less and less effect. For some, it'll be instant. It's like, cool! But I haven't experienced that yet. <laughs> Mind matters. Two simple actions that prevent the raiders from returning. Diligently guard your thoughts. And this is the number one thing we don't do well. Diligently guard your thoughts. 1 Peter 1 to 3, 1 13 to 15. I know it's King James, sorry. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Isn't that an exciting phrase? <laughs> Last time I taught on this, uh, the, the, the girding of the loin thingy was a protective leather cloth. It was, a, it was for protection. It was wisdom. Be ready for something that's coming is what the word gird deals with. That's why I'm using the old language because you'll remember it now. Be sober. Ooh, imagine that. And hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I really don't like King James. But anyway, it's only because I, it's hard to read. Then, therefore, prepare your minds for action. Another translation. So think clearly and exercise self-control. So roll up your sleeves. Put your mind in gear. Diligently guard your thoughts. Roll up your sleeves and diligently put your mind in gear. You're not supposed to check your brain at the door. You're supposed to engage your brain. That's why there's a difference, difference between world meditation and Christian meditation. Meditation is not a bad word. It got hijacked by the New Agers. It's a biblical thing. Meditate on something. Not emptying of the mind. Whatever wants to go in. <laughs> Pop in. Do what you like. Take out. Put in. Where? No. That is not <laughs> opening your mind. Do you like that? That was good. Ins I didn't hear that. But that's okay. Instead, we are to meditate, think on the things that are good, that are holy, pure, lovely, acceptable. It's amazing the stuff we put our minds on. And we're bombarded by the world with all kinds of bombardments. It's tough. This takes practice. It's a practice discipline. Next one. Ephesians 6.14 says, Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. Again, girding means be prepared and ready. Stand your ground. Be ready. I believe the armor of God that Ephesians is talking about is an identification of your identity in Christ. Declaring what is true. I am righteous and I am holy. The truth of God is in my mind. The, the breastplate of righteousness. I am righteous. You can go through the whole list. Standing firm at the feet of peace. This is the armor of God that you already have. I used to wake up some mornings, especially when I went to camp. You know, okay, I'm going to put on the armor of God. I'm going to put this on. And I mentally went through all the, all the armor. So I had it. So I did it. I practiced it. I think it fell off by the evening because I'd do it every morning. It's crazy. Maybe it didn't fit right. Philippians 4, 8, 9. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating. See? Meditation is Christian. Meditation is biblical. 
Choose what to meditate on. It's not about emptying your minds. It's choosing to focus your minds on Christ. Okay? Meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, ooh, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you have learned from me. Look at this. Put into practice what you've learned from me, what you have heard and saw and realized. Do that, and God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. I want to point out something that in most grace churches, this is not taught well enough. And we haven't got it right either. But I want to, I want to emphasize this as a, let's make it right. Put into practice what you've learned from me. There are times where you have to practice the list. The instructions of the New Testament are there for you to help you look like who you really are. Okay? The doing is important. There are behaviors that you shouldn't do. Hello? There are the ones you are to do. But I'm under grace. I don't have to do anything. Well, of course you don't have to. But is your mind focused on Him? Are you, are, is your heart drawn to what the Holy Spirit wants you to do? Or are you... Going back to the garden of independent grace living. I'm under grace. I can do whatever the heck I want now. No. You can't. Because if you ask that question, like Francis of Assisi said, love God and do as you please. The key is this. Love God and do as you please. My question is, who is you? The real you. The freedom to go and, and do extra stuff you wouldn't normally do. The language is an issue. Alcohol, drugs, porn, all that stuff. Stop it. It doesn't look good on you. I'm not saying alcohol is wrong. I'm saying getting drunk is wrong. Don't do it. There is right and wrong. But we're not the determiners of it. The Holy Spirit is. Big difference. Put into practice what you've heard and saw. Put it into practice. Practice godly living because then, here's what's going to happen. You may say, well, I see this wonderful mentor because there are some mentors in this church, people who could mentor and speak into you. They may give you some things to do to practice. Try this now for a week. Those things you may be doing because they told you to, but they, the wise one knows in advance that by practicing these things, they'll become your natural behaviors. They will reflect the Holy Spirit and they'll become yours and be tuned to who you are and your personality. There is room for this. Does that make sense? 2 Corinthians 10.5 We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. This is where we get diligently guard your mind. This is it right here. All the time. Especially Especially when the attacks come. And if you can recognize the attacks coming, when you're starting to go into a spin cycle, I call it the spin cycle of washing. You know, sometimes the whole thing shakes if it's really off kilter and it gets really loud. Some of our lives have that much crap in them. It's, it's tough. Go over and hug that person that is in a spin cycle. Unplug the machine and speak truth into them. They need it. They don't need to be told that they're in a spin cycle. They know they're in a spin cycle. So don't point it out. There's love on them. 
Psalm 139. Search me, O God. This is how David prayed. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me. Know my anxious thoughts. See, he had anxious thoughts. Oh my goodness, King David was anxious. I thought he was so holy and wonderful, close to God, God's best friend. He was an anxious guy. He had anxious moments. You're allowed to be human and express everything to your Heavenly Father. Just because you're going through stuff doesn't mean you're not being spiritual. You're actually human. You're spiritual having a human experience. It's great. See if there be any hurtful way in me. Lead me in the way of everlasting. This is the best part. This is the surrender. Honesty, surrender. Love it. Next. I don't have time for that. Number two, because we're done. Meditate on the grace of God and his excessive goodness towards you. This is how you meditate. You focus on good news. Psalm 143 says, Remember the days of old. I meditate on all your doings. I muse on the work of your hands. This is good news. Look back. Your hindsight's 2020. You can see God at work in your life. Go back to those times and be assured. Look, look at the pattern of how many times God has been there and built you out of stuff and blessed you and stuff that you had no control over. Celebrate those things. Be joyful, even though you're walking through difficulty. Ooh, that's a big list. We covered that a couple weeks ago. First Peter, we covered that last week. Matthew 9, 25. This is a faster sermon than I thought. Jesus went on from there. Two blind men followed him, crying out, Have mercy on us, son of David. They asked to be healed, and he said, It shall be done according to your faith. Do you believe God is on your side? Do you trust him? According to your faith. And believe me, all the faith you have has been given to you by God. Now recognize the faith that has been placed there and live from it. Romans 8, we know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. God's got your back. Stick with some good news and truth. 2 Corinthians 3.18, for all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. You're on a journey of becoming more and more like Christ. You are like Christ, but the expression how He lives out of you is not matured yet. We're on the journey of becoming more and more mature. It's very exciting. Lastly, your loving Father wants, you to nur- wants to nurture you in His love until you are consumed by it at every level of your being. He wants the love that He and you share together to become the catalyst for every action and every thought you have. He wants you to recognize that His love is the very source of your life. When you see that, it is going to change the way you think. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, can you be our reminder? Can you be our calendar? Can you be our instant-by-instant thought? Can you be the prompter of our soul, the prompter of our minds, the protector of our minds? Teach us how to take thoughts captive. It might be a nice truth, Father, but how does it work in our lives? So will you, as the Holy Spirit, speak into each person's life, showing them, through their unique personalities and their patterns and likes and dislikes, how to do that? 
And may we increase in our understanding of how much you love us. And may that renew our minds. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.